Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, November 12th. Thursday night football is here, and do we have some drama tonight in Music City? The Colts-Titans game just feels bigger and heavier. This feels like playoff football. It feels like a late-season divisional rivalry game that could decide the AFC South championship. That's because it sort of is. So let's take a look at how both sides of the ball match up with Indianapolis. We'll start with the more intriguing strength-on-strength matchup. The Titans' offense has been one of the best and most balanced groups in the entire NFL for most of the year, but has struggled to start the game in each of the last three weeks. The Colts' defensive production and efficiency, if you've listened to this show, has been well documented. Indy is good on all three levels, but in particular, up front, this group will pose a big threat to a Titans offensive line that continues to lose players. DeForest Buckner, Denico Autry, Tyquan Lewis, and Justin Houston up front have combined for 14.5 sacks this season and will create a ton of matchup problems for the depleted Titans O-line. Middle linebacker Darius Leonard might be the best player in the world at his position and is one of the few humans physically capable of running with and tackling Derrick Henry in open space. As a side note, Leonard versus Henry in the open field is one of the greatest individual matchups you will ever see on a football field. Hopefully, we get to see it a few times tonight. Leonard is also excellent in coverage and can get after the quarterback as well. Keep an eye on 53. Henry hasn't had a lot of big games against the Colts, and this defense is far better than anything he's faced from Indianapolis in the past. That said, he played the best game of his career against the Colts in the last meeting, a 31-17 win in Indianapolis last December. Henry carried 26 times for 149 yards and a touchdown in the victory. For his career in eight games against the Colts, Henry has averaged 5.9 yards per carry. The only team in the NFL that has allowed a higher per carry average over the course of Henry's career is the Kansas City Chiefs, and we all remember those games. It's an old refrain, but no less true. Henry in the offensive line has to find space early against an elite defensive front to allow for Ryan Tannehill and Arthur Smith to open up the playbook. This offense has scored a grand total of three points in the first quarter over the last three games combined. So getting Henry off to a quick start tonight will be critical for the flow of the offense. On the other side of the ball for the Titans defense, the magic number in this game is 30. When the Colts run the ball more than 30 times in a game this year, they are 4-0. When they do not reach 30 rushing attempts, they are 1-3, with the only win coming against the lowly Bengals. Conversely, when Phillip Rivers throws the ball fewer than 30 times this year, the Colts are 3-0. All three of the Colts' losses have come when they've asked Rivers to chuck the ball all around, and he's coming off the worst showing of his season. Yes, they played the Baltimore Ravens last week, and they're really good at football, but he posted season lows in both yards per attempt and completion percentage without a single touchdown on 43 attempts. Of course, these are just trends and don't tell the entire story. In fact, the weirdest part of the Colts' performance last weekend in the 24-10 loss to the Ravens is that they actually had some success running the football, averaging a season-best 5.3 yards per carry. It will be fascinating to see what Mike Vrabel's front multiplicity and coverage consistency looks like tonight against the Indianapolis Colts. Where does he decide to attack the offense? Where does he decide to back off? Ideally, you're putting guys in the box, forcing Indianapolis to throw the football all over the place. Second sidebar, this is also a part of the game where an even better individual matchup will take place. 
Jeffrey Simmons will be head up on the Colts' interior offensive line that features all-world guard Quentin Nelson, as well as the well-named Braden Smith. This 1v1 matchup is among the best interior line of scrimmage battles you will ever see in any game all season long, so focus on 98 tonight. Oh yeah, and by the way, Adoree Jackson was activated off of IR, but will not be playing on Thursday night. So I guess that doesn't make him technically active, but it also doesn't mean he's done for the year. So there's that. It still doesn't really give us a clear picture, and Mike Vrabel certainly will not tell us. When exactly the cornerback will be back on the field, I guess we'll all just figure out and learn together when it happens. But it could be a lot worse. He could be done for the year, and that's not happening. So that's a good thing. That all sounds pretty simple, right? Derrick Henry in the offense needs to run the football, establish the ground game, create opportunities for the play action. Sounds pretty basic on defense. Got to stop the run, force Phillip Rivers to beat you with his arm. All that's pretty standard football conversation. But the bottom line, this Titans-Colts game could decide the AFC South championship. You're at home and you look like the more talented team. It may not be more complicated than you need to get the job done tonight. Well, another day and another game getting canceled in the SEC due to COVID. Wednesday marked the third day in a row that the league had to postpone a game as Georgia and Missouri was canceled due to an outbreak. Much like with the LSU Tigers this week against Alabama, this will be the second postponement for Missouri as their game against Vanderbilt had already been moved to the week before the SEC title game in December. And because of that, there's no place to put this game either. If you're counting at home, that is now four of the seven SEC games that are postponed this weekend due to COVID. And that doesn't include Arkansas, whose head coach Sam Pittman has tested positive, and Kentucky, who of course is quote-unquote having COVID issues as well. They will play Vanderbilt. The league is going to have to get super creative with scheduling now that two-thirds of the conference is trying to figure out how to play all 10 games. It is time for the power brokers and decision makers in college football to make some coherent, unified decisions about the playoff. I realize this will be a Herculean effort, but if you really want all that playoff revenue and a chance at a legitimate national championship playoff with worthy and deserving teams, then everyone in college football needs to get together right now and start pushing everything back. It starts with the bowl games. Again, it would take cooperation from the NFL, the television networks, and every conference to make it happen, but it could be done. The Rose Bowl doesn't have to be played at 5.38 p.m. Central Time on New Year's Day. Push the national championship game back a week or two, and then let all the other dominoes fall in place. The semifinal bowl games get bumped back a week or two. Then the conference championship games can be pushed back a week or two if needed. You drop the playoff selection show in there immediately following the title games, and boom, you can finish most of, if not all of the regular season games in every conference, and you get a legitimate playoff with the best possible collection of teams. What no college football fan should want to see is one or even two worthy teams, which could include Texas A&M, Alabama, or Florida in the SEC, getting left out of the playoff because we weren't flexible enough for them to play all of the games. The Masters start today. That's all. Thank you guys all for listening. Please enjoy the Titans-Colts game tonight responsibly. Have a cocktail, though, and relax a little bit. Enjoy it. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Please share the show. That's how we grow this thing and we keep it rolling. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. You can follow 440, of course, at 440 Sports on Twitter, at 440 Media on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook as well, at 440 Sports. Follow us on all those socials. We do appreciate it. This has been the 440 for Thursday, November 12th.
The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Brayden Gall, music by William Tyler. Thank you.